We are live with an emergency podcast, some breaking news today. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are in the process of hiring Josh McDaniels as their head coach, and Dave Ziegler, who is also with the Patriots, is going to be their GM. Uh, seems like a pretty big loss for the Patriots here. Um, I know McDaniels has gotten a lot of crap for play calling, and Keegan, you did a really nice job of, of tweeting that out, I think, on um, on Twitter. But I think this loss is going to be pretty big for the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, we, we had to look it up before because, you know, we know how long McDaniels was here. He was here for whatever, eight years, left for three or four, then came back, and he's here eight, nine years, right? So two decades going on, he's been a part of the organization. So we knew how important he was, obviously. But Ziegler, what was it, eight, nine years he, he's been here, came over from Denver where he was yep. with uh, McDaniels. So you're losing two guys who, throughout the second dynasty, have been, you know, stalwarts uh, in the front office and, and on the coaching staff. So um, two big losses, obviously. I don't know, you know, you can't put it on par with Casario because Casario did that job for so long, the director of player personnel. But, right. you know, it's a guy who came in and with Belichick, they re, you know, transformed the roster and turned it into a playoff team after they were, you know, probably the worst team they've had in, two decades they, they they turned them around in one year and they did a really good job of that mcdaniels did such a good job with mac jones that's something we'll get into obviously that's that's the big thing is yes. how does this affect mac but um two guys who i would say last year had some of their the best years of their careers just in terms of turning this team around and into what they were um and, and now they're gone and you, you have to replace those guys right no it's true and that's you know, it's one of those things where you just look at it and say, we have we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, we when we look at what happened this year, of course, uh, you know, where the Patriots had such a fantastic draft. You know, Ziegler took over for Bob Quinn when Bob Quinn left. Um, right. And yep. so, you know, you, you kind of look, well, I'm sorry. Ziegler took over for Casario when Casario left because Casario. he was underneath Quinn. And so right. and Casario just leaves. So now, you know. There's more input from more different guys. Matt Grow is in there. So there are guys that are still here. But then you also wonder, like, okay, well, will though will some of those guys leave for a better opportunity, you know, in Vegas? So you just had one of the best drafts in Patriots history, right? I mean, you know, it's looking I, that I, way. Yeah. Right? I mean, you talk about Mac Jones and Christian Barmore and Ramondre Stevenson. And then, you know, who knows what we're gonna get from Ronnie Perkins and and, and the rest of the bunch there. But like Cameron, right now it looks Quinn like Nordine, right? Those are guys. Right, right. Could be looks lottery like, tickets. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. So it looks like, you know, it looks like he could have, you know, a really, a really solid draft. And now you're saying, okay, the de facto GM, which is Dave Ziegler, is out. And then, you know, and so who are you going to get to replace him? And I think that that's, that's a, a serious concern. Obviously, we know Belichick is the guy that makes decisions, right? But, right. you know, they talked about it and the media talked about it over and over and over again. And we heard from multiple people, not just one person, that Bill kind of took a step back this year. And said, "Hey, listen, I'm going to listen more. I'm going to listen more to you guys. Yes, I still have final say. I'm still, gonna, but like, I'm going to listen more to what you're saying. And I think that that's a big thing. Um, you know, that that really can't be overshadowed because if Ziegler's the guy in charge and he's the one kind of telling, you know, telling people what to do and giving the advice, well, maybe he's the one. Maybe he was the one pushing for Mac Jones. You know, I don't. I heard some rumors." some rumblings that Belichick wasn't super high on Mac Jones right. going into the draft. And there were guys in the organization that were. And so was Ziegler one of the guys that convinced Belichick to take Mac Jones when he maybe wasn't necessarily going to if it was at 15? So those are the type of things for me where it's kind of like, 
man, we don't we don't know what's going to happen. So, uh, you know, some some serious question marks, obviously, in the coaching staff, but certainly, you know, in the scouting department, too, because that's a huge part of it as well. Yeah. And, you know, looking forward, I I thought, what did they do last year in the front office when they lost Casario? What was kind of the order of operations? How did they they move forward? And what they did headed heading into the draft and what I believe they'll do this year is it's a team effort now. Like yep. the, the guy who we thought was going to be the guy with Bill making the decisions and, you know, they were the final two. That's not what we're going to have anymore. So let's make it a team effort. Last year it was Ziegler, Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh, and Matt Patricia. Those were like the four guys. There, there's the video from before they drafted Mac when they, they huddled together and he said, Bill said, this is where we're thinking of going. And before he made the call, he said, Matt, you good with this? To Matt Grow, And Matt was like, yep, I'm good. So it was – that makes me believe that it was a real team effort, right? It wasn't just yep. blowing smoke because Bill had a, a bad couple of drafts and they were trying to save face. I don't think that's, you know, how they operate. So moving forward, I would expect maybe not, hey, Dave's gone, Elliot, this is your job, or Matt Grow or Matt Patricia, right? I think, I think they're going to head into this with a team effort, which – if it worked as well as it did last year, then I'm not super worried about the draft aspect of right, which is the biggest thing coming up for them. That's what they're focused on right now is the draft. Well, and that's the other part of it is that you look at it and say, okay, well, maybe some of those guys will leave. But at the same time, if there's an opportunity to advance in the Patriots system as well, then why go to Vegas and go where you know that he's the GM? So now you're a step behind him anyways, you know, so for a guy like, and you know, maybe macro is a little bit different situation, but you know, for a guy like Elliot Wolf, he's staying, but he's not going anywhere. Right. So then the question is, are there guys below him that will want to go with Ziegler or with McDaniels and, and kind of, you know, uproot their family and whatever else to go that way. So, you know, there, obviously there's questions there and, and, and we'll see, I think just from the team building aspect of it, you see the difference between even last year and this year in the draft. I mean, it's, it's pretty startling, right? You had two right. really kind of bad drafts in 2019. 2020 was okay, but not great, but okay. Uh, you know, with Duggar obviously was a great pick, um, you know, and Uche, Wenu, and Uche, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Right. And so like, that's the thing, but in 2019, it was awful, right? 2018 was like, not great. So it's like, you know, that's the stuff. So you see like, okay, here we are. We're building towards something. And then, and then you lose that guy and it's, and it's a challenge. So the McDaniels thing is interesting though, man. And you know, I think this is where it bet where we're going to see the biggest impact. And I think what we're going to be talking about leading up to the season is that yes, McDaniels, obviously Belichick is the guy. Belichick is the guy. He's the best coach of all time. That, but like McDaniels essentially ran the offense, right? And everything that happened I think for me, at least, you, know, you look at it and say he had a huge hand in what happened with Mac Jones last year, and he was always there with him every single snap. Every time he was on the field and came off the field at practice, McDaniels was next to him talking to him. So the question becomes, you know, like who replaces him, number one, and can they do a good enough job, you know, filling that void that McDaniels is going to leave, right? And so that's – that's a challenge. And I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be Bill O'Brien, you know, but like, it's funny. Cause you talk about, okay, yeah, Bill O'Brien, he worked with Mac in Alabama, but like, no, he didn't. <laughs> he, I they, mean, they didn't. Yeah. They never, they never saw each other too. So that was like, there was no overlap there, which I, I wasn't right. calling you out on that. I was just no, no, right. like, Oh, he's at Alabama. Mac was just at Alabama. They had no overlap. Mac was right. gone. 
when, when O'Brien got hired because I was after Sarkeesian. So that's that's another thing where it's like people just assume that these guys – but you have no idea. You have no idea if there's a relationship there, which is right. big, I, I'd say. I, I say the, yeah. the one thing that that's good about where they can move forward with Mac is the quarterback's coach who will become you know, the head – or the the full time quarterbacks coach. He was the assistant this year. Bo Hardegree. He was here all all of last year. So there's somebody in the building that he has a relationship with. Obviously, you know Bo came in right around the same time, so maybe they have the same knowledge of the offense, which isn't a great thing. But they've got um they they've got something there where they can they could come back this year and be like, all right, we've got these two guys. They have a relationship. They're comfortable together, and then you can add another piece like a Bill O'Brien. That's the person I think of. I think it's a slam dunk. Hire him. It works. Correct. Ryan Toss Ryan. crack every play. Oh, well, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> never punting again. Um, so, you, you know, you bring in a Bill O'Brien who knows the system. He, know, right. he knows the basic system of what Belichick likes to run on offense. Yep. He can execute it. He's far more inventive, I would say, than, than McDaniels ever yep. was. Um, Arian Foster has said he was the worst head coach I ever had, but he was the best offensive play caller I ever had, which is like interesting, but you know, I'll take it for what it's worth. He was not a good necessarily surprising though. Right. Uh, I that's, and, and that's the thing about Bill O'Brien. We can get into Bill O'Brien a little bit because I think this is like, if I had to put my money on somebody getting hired, it's Bill. Yeah. O'Brien. So yeah. Bill O'Brien for all intents and purposes is a phenomenal offensive coordinator. He's never had a bad offense. Back when he was at Duke in like 2003, you know, they were putting up points at least, right? With terrible football players, Duke is a trash college football program. Like, he knows how to call plays, but people view him as he's the guy who went to Penn State, wasn't really that good at Penn State, had like a middling Penn State team, then went to Houston. They went to the playoffs and lost like every year for five years. Yeah. Gets canned, right? So everybody has this this idea of Bill O'Brien as this like goofball, but he's a great offensive coordinator. And that that's what I think you're you're bringing this guy in. He's not one of those offensive coordinators who has much of a say in anything other than calling the plays. Right. Cuz Bill Belichick's there. And and Bill can kind of reel him in a little bit maybe of some of the um the things that you wouldn't want to see out of him. So I I would say if they if they went out and hired him, if I were a Patriots fan, I would be very very excited because that's a guy who can come in, knows the offense, hit the ground running, you know, cultivate a relationship with Mac, um, because they have a similar background. We'll say that they haven't spent time together, but they have a similar background, and, and move forward without much of a hitch. Right. No, it's a good point. It's a good point, and I think I think the big thing with me with O'Brien is that you know like, is he a really? I mean, I think that that's the point. Is he a great offense? Um, Head coach? No, I don't believe so. But he's a good, he's a very good offensive mind. He's a hothead. I mean, really a hothead. But Which I think that'd be interesting with Mac. Yes. <laughs> so it's Mac. Yeah, I know. Well, and then, but so it wasn't Brady, right? And so they would have it out. And I think that that was, I think that that was beneficial for Brady at times that they could kind of, you know, they had some screaming matches on the sideline and stuff. And, and Mac does have, Chris Doherty uh, pointed out over here, you know, the bill that Mac did teach Billy O the playbook. And he's right about that, right? Like, Billy O came in, was hired in January, and and worked with Mac to learn the, the Alabama playbook, even though Mac was leaving, obviously. But Mac had been there for the longest time, and he said, hey, listen, you know, I got to learn this playbook until they work together. So they have, although they don't have, to, you know, practice together working on the field, 
they have worked together, you know, in that sense. And so they, they have some sort of previous relationship. I just think for the Patriots, like who else are you going to hire as the offensive coordinator? Like Bill O'Brien makes the most sense unless McDaniels is going to hire Bill O'Brien as the offensive coordinator, which, which would really surprise me if that happened. So, um, you know, to me that, that that's kind of that's the biggest thing. If you're the Patriots right now, if you're Bill Belichick and the Patriots, you're saying the only thing that matters right now is making sure our young quarterback, we keep things as consistent as possible for him. And so Sarkeesian's not possible. Can't get him. McDaniels is gone. So now the next logical thing is Bill O'Brien. You already have a relationship with O'Brien. You already have those things. Now, they've talked about how you know, well, we'll see. I, I don't know. I, I just think, I think O'Brien makes a lot of sense. I went to a coaching yeah. clinic with O'Brien. The guy's a lunatic. He's completely insane. No, uh, we've but, all seen the videos of him with like, you know, r- the juke plays, how he like, he'll, he'll show a juke play and he'll be like, look at this play. Like he, he loves it. And, so and he's, he's so, yeah. He was talking and about, then, we were, we were looking at, cause he's talking about like offensive. It was just a coaching class. I used to coach high school football back in the day. Like for one year, I was like the assistant, wide receivers coach at high school but anyways uh so we go to this we go to this thing at patriot place and he's talking and he's showing and he's talking about play action and he's like he's like this guy ray lewis that's ray lewis in the middle of the field it's the best middle linebacker in the league we're gonna run a play action and we're gonna throw the ball right behind him that's what we're gonna do so we're in the play action he comes up throw up yeah screw you ray lewis that's right yeah that's right and he's like yelling at the at the screen i'm like bro this guy's insane he's a football <laughs> he's, guy it's so awesome i love it i do this was interesting too to me because it's something we haven't talked about. And this is Ryan yeah. Kieran, our our favorite buddy boy, right here. Oh, there he is. Are we surprised about McDaniel's choosing Las Vegas? Because he says mid quarterback. I'd argue. I'd say he's a little bit better than mid. Broke owner, undeniably true. Mm-hmm. And, and the Ziegler connection, like the fact that he gets to go in with his own GM, a guy that you know they probably share a lot of ideas. Right. Is is that the reason that he took that job? I'd say. How many opportunities this year was he going to get? Um, Las Vegas seems like the only place that gave him a real shake, like a, a fair shake at it. Um, there are some, I, I assume there are some franchises that straight up will not touch him because of the, the Colts thing. Yep. Uh, and, and I mentioned that I said this is his third opportunity. Like if he if he does if he doesn't have any success here, then it's kind of done. He's done. Right. Um, because that that Indianapolis debacle. That was a strike, a big one. I'd say bigger than him sucking in Denver. By the way, he was right. He was right in the in the Indy one. He was oh, correct, yeah. right? I mean that that's, that get oh, that gets overshadowed. But he was right. He saw the writing on the wall with Andrew Luck. He must have talked to Luck and saw that like his heart wasn't in it or his body couldn't whatever. And he left, and then Luck left, and and like and so he he backed out. And he you know obviously look it's a bad look. And other teams are going to look at it and say, Dick man, moves. screw that guy. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely, yeah. right? So, but at the same time, like, he, he made the right move, right? So, anyways, so whatever. So, you have that situation. But the, the interesting thing for me, what I look at is I look at, you know, well, and so so this is so this is the thing. And Ryan talks about this. They both reportedly love love Carr. I don't know, dude. If if I'm them, I don't know how I pay Derek Carr. I just don't know how you do it. That's the thing. That's the because I think Carr as a player is more than good enough to. No one's expecting them to go win the Super Bowl this year, but Derek Carr, the the football player, is like that guy can get us to the playoffs and win us a couple playoff games. 
they have they have enough talent on both right. sides of the ball to make some noise, right? They've got to they've got to beef up the middle class. The lower end of their roster is about as bad as anybody in the NFL because they've got these guys they got lucky with all their their star their studs. You know, Darren Waller, Max Crosby, those are the two superstars. Lucky finds, really. Yep. And then the, the early round picks have been terrible. The mid round picks have been great. They, it's been such a weird dynamic where they've built a pretty good roster, but to no fault of you know Gruden and and Mayock, they they really didn't do a great job. So, right. And he said maybe if they they unlock him or look for twenty twenty three rookies, like that might be a good idea where you're you're going in, you know, you've got a guy for a year, and then you can start looking for the future. Um, right. That, that's interesting. That's not something I thought of really was the contract thing. Cause I think of Derek Carr more than good enough to win football games. Um, mm-hmm. Right. But, but do you want to pay him $40 million a that, year? Like right. that, that's the hard, that's the hard question. And in, yeah. I believe this year is the last year of his deal. Well, not this year, but 2022 is the last year of his deal. I believe. Um, so you have to make a decision on him. I'm, I'm almost positive that that's the case um, right. that he's up for a new contract at the end of next year. So, to me, I just I don't know how you pay that guy, but I think. And now, listen, it's Mark Davis. We all know who his dad was. We all know what the Raiders' mo has been for years. So it's very hands on. It's very I'm involved in everything. And supposedly now, if you believe the reports, suppose we all do know his haircut. Supposedly, if you believe the reports, he wants to step back. He doesn't want to be involved. He wants to hand the reins over to the football guys and say, you guys do the thing. And if he's willing to say to McDaniels, hey, listen, you guys do whatever you think. If you want to get rid of Carr, if you want what we're going to give you four or five years and and we'll give you a chance, right? Because the last thing you want is, okay, we trade Derek Carr now, we get picks for him, and then we're going to suck next year, and we're probably going to suck the year after that. But like we're working towards building something and they're like, right. nah, not good enough. See you later. You know, like that's you, you don't want to have the owner breathing down your neck about, you know, what it's going to look like. So maybe Davis said to him, hey, look, I, I know we're a playoff team this year, but like we're not. Well, they actually want to play a team this year, but I, I know we're we're close to a playoff team this year. But oh, no, they, they made the playoffs this year. Right. And they got blown out in the first round. Yeah, they they be. Yeah. OK. So I know I know we're a playoff. I know we're a playoff team this year. Like, you know, but. You guys do what you got to do, right? If you got to tear this thing down and rebuild it, then so be it. Tear this thing down and rebuild it. Because, you know, why, why I don't want to compete for the playoffs. I want to compete for, for Super Bowls, right? And so we're going to give you three, four, five years to figure that out. And so if that was the – if that would – now things change in the NFL, and who knows what happens two years from now if they suck and, and he just says see you later. But if that was the – those are the assurances that he was given – I think that that makes it a lot more likely, especially if he's able to take his own guy with him and they kind of can think together about, hey, this is who we want to have. So I think that that to me makes a lot of sense. But again, I just that's that always stuff like that scares the hell out of me, you know? Yeah, I will say Davis did a good job with hiring Gruden. Was a, it was a shit show from the start, it, especially with Mayock. You know, we all know the situation that happened this year, but that he was hands off and. If you look at those drafts that they've had where they're taking the first three rounds are exclusively like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? So those were Mayock and Gruden drafts. So you have to imagine that he was hands off and he allowed them to do what he felt that they needed to do. Yeah. Um, But that that was also John Gruden, who was such a polarizing guy coming in 
and Mike Mayock, who was the TV guy, you know? So it's a little different with this scenario. But what what makes me believe that he will be a little more hands-off is the fact that he hired two guys from an organization that they undoubtedly respect and mm-hmm. are like, you know, if, if even if they aren't, you know, the number one options for either, they're going to come in and they're going to know how to instill a culture, a, a, you know, fix the culture a little bit because they've gone through a ton of shit the last year in, in right. Vegas. So at the very least, they'll be able to kind of instill that culture. And um, I think that they'll be able to get the players behind them and everybody else behind them and, you know, build a successful team if all goes right. I, I don't think it's a huge risk with these guys. Um, so, so I do think he'll be hands off, let them do what they need to do, give them a few years to, to figure things out. But on the other hand, this was a playoff team this year with an interim coach with all right. a gigantic shitstorm behind what happened with them. They still made the playoffs. So even, even if you're a first year coach and you're trying to, you know, turn things around, that's the standard. Now you're coming off a playoff season. I expect to make the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's his viewpoint either. So um, it's kind of like a, which way does he swing a little bit? He, he could be on one side of the fence, could be on the other. Right. I agree. I agree with you. And uh, one thing I did want to talk about, Dark Blue Gold mentioned it uh, here with McDaniels. You know, does this mean that Bill is going to be around for a while? Because I, I think so. Here's the thing with me. I think there's no doubt he wants to beat Don Chula. There's no doubt in my mind that he wants to pass Don Chula. I believe he's like 35 or 36 wins behind Chula for most wins all time. Um, and so there's no doubt that he wants to pass that. That's probably going to take him three years. Bill's old. He's, he's, you know, he's in his 70s, and he's said before that he didn't want to do what Marv Levy did and coach into his 70s, which it seems like he's going to do. Um, very different than Marv Levy, we, we can say. Yes, yeah. that's very true. That is very true. But, you know, it, it's it's interesting where you look at it and say, you know, yeah, we thought McDaniels was going to take over, but now he isn't, Right. And so he leaves because he sees the writing on the wall that, hey, Bill's not giving this up anytime soon. He's not, it's not like he's leaving next year, right? And so this is an opportunity for me to go somewhere else. So I think I think to me it's a two-part question where you look at it and say, okay, number one, how long is Bill going to stick around? And I do believe that he's going to take over. He's going he's gonna to stay stick around until he beats Jules record. I just, I just feel like he's not leaving until that happens, especially with all the shit that Shula talked about them after, you know, after uh, whatever, you know, the Cheatriots and all that crap, like, you know, all that stuff, I'm sure, rubbed him the wrong way. Um, you know, so I think he wants to beat him. But then also, who the heck takes over for him now at this point? You know, we thought maybe Flores would be the guy. He's gone. Maybe he'll be back this year. Who knows? We thought maybe Matty P would be the guy. Nope. You don't want that guy as your head coach. We thought maybe McDaniels would be the guy. Now he's gone, right? So, like, so, and, and right, is it is it Steve Belichick? Is it one of his kids that ends up taking oh, over? Yeah. Or, like? Or Gerard Mayo could be could be an option too. So it's uh it's it's a really kind of interesting look into kind of what's going on behind the scenes in New England, not just for um not just for Josh McDaniels. Yeah, th- there's two things there for me, and it's one I feel like Belichick probably has the same mentality that we heard Brady talk about, where it was I'll retire and I'll leave when I suck, and and, and if I'm not having fun, right? Belichick. By all intents and purposes, I think he probably had as much fun this year as he's had in a long time. And yep. this idea is oh. tremendous. Oh, yeah. What an idea. Listen, I, I, 
I want Matthew Slater to be our head coach. I want him to be the governor. I want him to be the president yeah. of the United States. Like, I want yeah. Matthew Slater to do everything. He's the Pope. <laughs> Matt Slater is just the Pope now. Uh, I, th- I think Matt Slater would be a perfect guy to come in and just be the special teams coach. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Who knows what's happening to Cam Accord this year? That's a whole other thing. But, you know, exactly. Belichick gets to make the decision when he leaves. No doubt about it, right? Um, and I think he's probably still having fun, especially with this team last year, bringing in all these guys, a lot of like energy guys, Kendrick Bourne, Matt Judon, just energy and, and a, yep. a different style of, of Patriots football. The players, the the veterans like McCordy and Slater and, and Dante Hightower all said it was so fun this year being a part of such an energetic group because we it was always business and we always had fun, but it was never this kind of fun where – you know, we're cracking jokes and going out to dinner and all this stuff. So I, I think he's probably having fun and he's not going to start thinking about retirement until he's not having fun anymore. Whether right. he said something 14 years ago in a documentary or not, you know, like, yeah, we, it's hard to hold the guy to his word 12 years down the road when it was some off comment for right. a documentary. Well, I mean, that was, yeah, it's crazy to think that was 2009. Like, that's yeah, crazy to think that was that we're long talking ago. about. Yeah. So, so, yeah. And then, and then the other side with McDaniel's is why does Josh McDaniel's have to wait to be the head coach here? If he can get a job somewhere else, why is it so crazy to think that he's like, all right, I have no idea when Bill doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who puts these succession plans in place and is like, hey, Josh, I'm going to coach for two more years and then you're going to get to take it. That's just not how he operates. He, right. They've probably never had a conversation other than football. <laughs> so, and, I, you know, I'll tell you what, that's a great point because we all remember, you know, I resign as the head coach of the NYJ. I, I'm sure he doesn't want to put anyone else in that situation because Bill Parcells put him in that situation when he essentially said Belichick is taking over for me. And, you know, that pissed Belichick off. And I'm sure he doesn't want to put anyone else in that situation to be like, hey, listen, when I leave, you're going to take over for me. Right. And, you know, you have that conversation and what if that guy's not ready? What if he doesn't want to stay? What if, you know, what if there are things going on inside that environment that he's like, no, I want to go somewhere else. I don't want to be here. So those are the hard things where, you know, I just based on his pre- his past experience, I wouldn't be surprised if he said, no, there's no chance that I'm doing that to somebody else in my organization, someone that I trust and respect because, uh, I'm you know, I'm not doing that. And then not only that, but then then that that you know, then he's, he's undermining Mr. Kraft as well. Right. Because now Kraft doesn't get the chance to hire the person that he wants to hire or the GM or whoever it is, you know? So, so it's not, it's not one of those things. So, um, so we'll see. I do want to, I do want to point out dark blue gold tweet. Sent this. I was laughing at that while you were talking. That's so good. So good. Tremendous. <laughs> you know, well it's done. true. It's very good. So um, yeah. Putting somebody else in a situation like that undoubtedly rubbed him the wrong way. So um, he's here all week, folks. Dark yep. cool. Um <laughs> And I think the situation likely when he's ready to go, he'll know, you know, with a little advance, maybe throughout that year, he'll know, like, yeah, this is it for me. Then you right. start to get a succession plan in place. But just because he's older doesn't mean we have to start getting one now because who knows when he's going to be ready to go. He He's... He's different than anybody else we've seen before, so we can't, you know, take the past and, and really try to figure it out like that just because that's not how he operates. Right, right. So so we'll see. There are still, let's see, one, two, three, four, five head coaching jobs available uh, for people. We know that that um, 
Gerard Mayo has interviewed for a few of them. Yep. Uh, both, one of them being the Texans. Yeah. What is that? Two of, two of the three that he interviewed have been filled. Which That's correct. In Las Vegas. Right, right. That is correct. Uh, so we'll see, you know, what happens in Houston. Um, but it is going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting to see to see kind of um, kind of what happens. Uh, Dark Blue Gold, I have been interviewed for zero of them, unfortunately. Uh, shockingly, they don't think that I am. Uh, no, 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 no not, not even a high school QB, QB coach. I was a high school wide receiver coach, assistant wide receiver coach. Uh, you know, Stoughton High killed it. Killed it that year. I coached seven and eight year olds. I was the offensive coordinator. We scored one touchdown in eight games. <laughs> we were the worst. My nephew <laughs> scored the touchdown. I'm proud of it. But hey, there he is. There he I don't goes. Think, I don't think either one of us are getting a job anytime soon. Listen, I mean, third to fifth grade girls softball. I've coached two seasons now. Okay. I've coached two seasons and I've been in the championship game both seasons. Lost in the first season and then won in the second one. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. It's pretty good. We're comparing not resumes. That. Texas high school football record holder. You know, <laughs> special teams is a spot that they need to fill. Like, See? You know, yeah, there you go. Like, I could teach a drop punt like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Oh, Bill would love that. So, but, uh, man, I mean, you know, it's. We'll see. We'll see what happens uh, for, with these jobs. I am interested to see kind of who gets it and where they go. And, you know, it seems like some of these teams that are still alive are going to be the guys that end up getting some of these jobs. Um, you know, I think that there was a report that said, um, who the heck was it that one of the offensive coordinators that I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. That guy's going to get. Was it McDaniel? It? Mike McDaniel. That's it. That, thank you. I'm like, who the hell was it? McDaniel was the guy that, that I think who, by the way, is like, is a, the hipster football guy. Like, I love that guy. He's Yale. so, he's so much fun. So tremendous. So, also- um, what are we doing with McDaniel and McDaniels? Like, change your name, buddy. McDaniels has been around for a while. I know. I know. Dark Blue Gold, we are pretending that the uh, Tom Brady news never happened. Um, I have as, no idea what you're talking about. As far as we're concerned, nothing has happened yet. Um, Tom Brady, he played for the Patriots, correct? He did. he did. He did play for the Patriots. By the way, I, no, in all seriousness, I, I honestly would not be surprised if he – was planning on retiring, and then when that got leaked, he just said, "Screw it, I'm going back for another year." I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not, I'm just, just out of spite of that getting released early. And by the way, just, just an aside here: don't get pissed at Adam Schefter for doing that. Don't get pissed at Adam Schefter and um. There are and, plenty uh, of other things and to what's be his upset name? with them about. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But you know, all they're doing is releasing the news. That's all they're doing. That's all they're doing. They're not, you know, Darlington. Thank you. All they're doing is releasing the news. Someone gives them a story, they run with it and because it's a legitimate story. So you run with it. That's what happens, right? It's not like some – it's not some internet troll you know, on, on Twitter making up stories. These are real reporters who are getting in inside information. When Brady left and went to Tampa, guess what? Nobody had that story. Nobody knew. Then all of a sudden, day of, it's like, oh, Brady's going to Tampa. And you're like, what? Like it was – nobody had that information because nobody talked. Someone in Brady's camp talked or – Somebody made something up and was a trusted source and gave them bad information. And, you know, it's like for for Darlington and Schefter to both have it together tells you that there are some high level people that are, you know, this isn't Joe Schmo in the in the in the laundry room giving these giving these guys information. These are like legitimate sources that are giving these guys information. And that's, you know, and then it's like, what are you going to do? You know, if you're wrong, you're wrong. And it's just like it is what it is, you know, so. 
that's the stuff for me where it's like you can't really blame the reporters in the situation because they're just doing their job. You know, that's their job. You get information, you run with it. That's the way it goes. And, you know. We've seen them or we've seen Schefter multiple times this year not do his job. And, right. You know, be a, yeah. be a bad person. So we can we, – you can be mad at him about that stuff. Who cares that he got a story wrong? They It happens to all of them. You know, right. Rappaport got got earlier this year too. So Right. You know, right. And that's, and that's the thing. And, and listen – there's a chance that it's a legitimate story and that he is going to retire and he, and he's just blowing smoke because he wants to do it on his own terms or he wants to wait until after February 5th when his $15 million bonus, when his $15 million salary guarantees for the year. So there's all sorts of questions about maybe it will happen, maybe it won't, but um, either way, we're not going to, funny, we almost went live yesterday and then we were like, Keegan was like, uh, maybe we shouldn't yet. And I was like, why, what happened? <laughs> and I looked, I was like, okay, yep, now let's hold off. Well, so, I'm, I'm looking at the ticker on ESPN right now, and it says ESPN, Tom Brady retiring after 22 seasons. They are digging their feet. Uh, they have ground. to. At this yeah. point, they have to. you, you got to stick uh, by it. And it's Schefter, too. It's not like it's some low-level schmuck. Yeah. It's Adam Schefter. Like, if, if, if Schefter got this one wrong, ESPN's going to have to take a victory. They're going to have to take a lap. Like, take a lap. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. – and Schefter's gotten things wrong. Jeff Darlington, I don't think, has ever gotten anything wrong no. in his entire life. Like that, no. he's the most trusted guy. He just doesn't get as much stuff as Schefter does. Well, and that's the thing. He doesn't because he's not in the breaking news. Right. He's not in the breaking news world. So when Darlington gets the news like that, he's like, whoa, okay, let's run with it because now I'm only getting legitimate stuff. And so, like, that's that's the part, you know, that that makes it even more kind of believable. But we'll see. Either way, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't affect the Patriots because he doesn't play for the Patriots. So, you know, obviously we'll talk about it. Yeah, it has happens. nothing to do with us. What This guy, right. what did he ever do for the Patriots? What did, right, right. Totally, totally true, you know? So, anyways. Are we doing predictions? Let's do predictions. Before All right, let's do it. I like it. I like it. Keegan, you start. Um, I'll, I'll leave your, your words. You put them perfectly on Twitter. <laughs> I've, got, I've got Los Angeles, who is my Super Bowl – my Super Bowl favorite uh, heading into the year. I thought they were going to win the Super Bowl, so I've got them. Kansas City, they're just they're just better than Cincinnati. So uh, Kansas City versus Los Angeles in the Super Bowl. I think that'd be a hell of a game too. Mm. Yeah, it really would be. And and um, yeah, my words uh, as as you put it on Twitter were um, my heart says Cincinnati and San Francisco, but my uh, brain says. Kansas City and LA, and so oh, wait a second, getting a phone call. I think it's a, I think it's a no school. I think it's a no school thing. All right, live. Gonna, let's no. You want? Uh, let's hear it. Hello. Good afternoon, Taunton Public Schools community. This is Assistant Superintendent Brenda Moynihan. After this weekend's blizzard, our groundskeepers, custodians and city staff will need additional time to make our schools and streets safe for our students and staff. Therefore, there will be no school tomorrow, Monday, January 31st, 2022. Live look. What an there we go. Did she Live say announcement. Moynihan? <laughs> Live announcement. No, Bre Brenda Moynihan. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I was like, what a story. Pat works for Brady's ex-girlfriends. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. So, so here's the problem. Here's the issue. Okay. Here's the issue. Before the snow day, before the snow day, we were getting out Wednesday, the 22nd. Now we're getting out Thursday, the 23rd. We are leaving for Disney Friday night, the 24th. In June? 
in June. That's which my birthday. Means, Can I come? Yeah, sure. Sick. Which 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 means which means now if I have two more snow days, I'm gonna miss the last day of school. I'm like, ah, what are you gonna do? I have to write a letter to the superintendent and be like, hey, so book this That's thing before you know what are you gonna do? Yeah. So uh anyways, that was fun. Little little on air thing. So yeah, so anyways, uh before footage. <laughs> so so anyways, so um Yes, my heart says Cincinnati and um, and San Fran, but unfortunately, my brain says Kansas City and, and, and the Rams. I just don't know how Cincinnati can possibly keep up with Kansas City. I just feel like I just I just feel like it's just not like it's not possible. Like they're just not they're not good enough. I don't believe, and maybe they are, but I, I just I don't see it. I just don't see how they're good enough. So, um, so to me, you know. It's got to be Kansas City, and it's probably going to be L.A. I, I I think San Fran could win. I just think the Rams, man, are really good. And, like, I am I almost want the Rams to win because I want other teams to be like, screw it, let's just trade all of our draft picks. As long as it's not the Patriots. Let's just trade all of our draft picks and try to be good. And, you know, maybe it'll pay off once. But the problem is, if they go to the Super Bowl, now I'm going to be now I have to root for LA. Like I don't know, that kind of sucks. I don't really want to root for LA to win. The Rams are undoubtedly going to be terrible for the next five years. Like there's no doubt in my which mind true. Yeah. that they're going to be horrendous. Which is funny because like this thing's going to come crashing down. Oh, it's yeah. going to be very funny to watch. But it, you know they went out all in. I'd like to see him at least make a Super Bowl. Sean McVay in the Super Bowl is also very funny because he loses his mind. His brain short circuits. <laughs> We've seen it before. <laughs> we sure have. Which is hilarious. Yeah, there's nothing like watching a guy who everybody calls a genius just lose his mind on live. You know, but but like when it, if it's the Chiefs though, if it's the Chiefs in L.A., you're like, that's oh, fine God. with me. Whatever, I don't even care. I, I know care. at this point, this doesn't matter. I guess, I guess, I guess ultimately, it doesn't really make a difference. I wanted the Bills to. Lose. It's funny because I, I wanted the Bills to lose after they danced on our graves after beating us, and like what happened to the Bills is the worst thing, like the worst thing imaginable. It, it happened to the Bills, and so it's like, all right, eh, Bills got screwed. And so, like, you know, you're good to go. By the way, I tweeted this out, but two times in NFL history has a team taken the lead with under 20 seconds left to go in a playoff game. Twice in NFL history, two teams have – have uh, sorry, twice – let me start that over again. Twice in NFL history in the playoffs has a team taken the lead with under 20 seconds left to go and lost. And it was last Sunday and the Music City Miracle. And the Bills were the losing team in both games. In both games. And so it's like, like it was impossible for them to lose, and they lost both those games. And it's just like, you it's know, unbelievable. It's almost like they're hopeless, and they should just trade their quarterback. That's a great plan. That's a great plan. Just trade like, him somewhere like that really needs a quarterback, like uh, uh, Siberia. Jacksonville. Siberia. They definitely need quarterbacks here. <laughs> you know what? No, tra- no, Miami. Get the hell out of here, dark blue gold. No, trade him somewhere in the NFC. Like who's in the NFC that sucks? Oh, maybe they should trade, flip him for Kirk Cousins. Uh-huh. Jimmy, uh-huh. watching you and Spags root against Jimmy Garoppolo would be just. <laughs> Listen, yeah. he loves Jimmy G way more than I do, but I do like Jimmy G. But he I've would be never very upset. Anything in my entire life as much as he loves Jimmy G. I <laughs> I wish I could muster up that much, you know, love. I just can't he, do it. He is freaking gorgeous, though. It's unbelievable, dude. I saw him. I saw him this morning, and I was like, "What? My attractive God, dude!" And love are two very different things. An attractive no. man. I'll give right. that. That I agree with. Yeah. So, anyways. 
All right, we've gone very long. Uh, oh, yes, Team Crazy Matt, good good note here about about Ivan Fears as well. Um, you know, I guess we'll just throw on when we're talking about people leaving. Ivan Fears might be leaving. Seems like he probably is going to be leaving. Uh, there are guys there that could step in, but I mean, Ivan Fears, for God's sakes, dude. Like, you know, oh, that that's oh that we did it at the same time. <laughs> it's very well put. Tears for Fears. Ivan Fears is is you know undoubtedly one of the most important people um, in the Patriots organization, just on the offense. Like he's been there forever. Right. And you lose scar and then you lose McDaniels and then you lose Ivan fears. Like, and, and Ryan mentions Kevin Falk. I'd love to see Kevin Falk in that role. My Close favorite the Ivan fear program. Friend of the program. You're right. Yep. Uh, my favorite Ivan fear story of all time has to do with me. Uh, but I, my cousin, my cousin uh, served in Afghanistan, and while he was while he was serving over there, for Christmas one year, we decided to get him an autographed um, uh, Rob Gronkowski shirt. And so I knew someone at the time who since passed away, but uh, but had ate lunch, ate lunch and stuff with them. Had worked in the organization for years, um, and it ate lunch with some of the players and the older guy. And so he's like, "Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it in for Gronk to get signed." And so, you know, George's in there eating with them, and he tells Gronk the story and this and that. And so Gronk is signing the thing. Well, Fears was like next table over or something like that and heard the story and was like, I want to sign it. Can I sign it too? And he's like, yeah, sure. So in the 87, on the 7, in the slanted part of of the 7, is this big Rob Gronkowski signature. And in the top left-hand corner of the 8, it just says Coach Fears. And I'm like, that's just the coolest thing ever. Like, because – he just heard the story and was like, I really want to sign that. That's a really cool story. And, you know, I'd love to do something nice for someone. But, like, it was just so funny that it's, like, it was just looks so random when you got it. But I'm like, that's so cool that he, like, was like, yeah, I want to sign that thing too, you know. So uh, it was cool. But he just – man, he's been there for for so long. He's so beloved. 20, 26 um, years? Yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be sad to see him go. Um, if if he does, assuming that he does, which it kind of seems like he did, he he is going to. He was talking to Damian Harris after the game, like kind of yeah. seemed like this is it for him, um, you know. And so so we'll see. You know, Falk is definitely out there, but there are guys that can. Uh, I forget the guys. Uh, Penny that's it. That's it. Yep. So he he was a player for the Patriots for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he training camp guy. He uh he played yeah. safety at Alabama. Spent a couple of years in the league, and by all accounts, is a really good coach. They you know he. For most of the season, uh, Fears was up in the box, and Sanceri was down in the field. So, you know, he was the guy communicating with them directly on a game-to-game yeah. basis, which will will help in the you know moving on from. No one's going to replace Fears, but help right a little bit with moving past that. Yeah, having someone that that is there and knows the system and everything else, and, oh, and you know, sure. even if you even if you hire Kev as you know as the assistant running backs coach or something like that, where you bring him in and now he's in the system because. He's a guy who went to went to Louisiana to his home state, coached at his old high school, coached his son at his old high school, then went to his alma mater LSU, and now is out because Brian Kelly is there. And so he kind of always had that coaching bug, but he's like, nah, I'm going to go to to Louisiana where I'm from. Well, he's done that already. His kids are already out of out of school, out of high school. So now it's like he can kind of go wherever he wants. So it right. makes a lot of sense to bring him back here. They did it with Troy Brown. You know, they, they, they did. gave him a year. Yep. Was the, was the assistant running backs coach, Troy Brown, what he Thank first you, right. So, yeah. Yep. It's, so, it's not unprecedented. Right, right. And it'd be nice to see. And, and to have to have Mayo and Troy Brown and Kevin Falk all on the staff would be pretty awesome. I mean, that it's those types of things where you see those guys, and those are the guys that 
always kind of it'd be like McCordy. It'd be like Slater or McCordy coming into the coming into I the. Tower. You know, yeah, yeah. Those those guys that were that were geniuses on the field, you know, super loved and respected by the fan base, but also by the other players. And they come in and coach with you. I mean, that's what more could you ask for? So uh, it's like Earthman Moreland, you know, just the legends. No doubt, back. it's my guy. It's my guy. What an idiot, dude! I said twenty eleven Earthman Moreland. Like what a moron. So, but we, still, we Sterling Moore. What? Sterling Moore. Yeah. So Moore, yeah. A bad yeah. football player, yeah. Yeah, Lee Bodden, Sterling Moore. That's when McCordy sucked at corner before they moved him. Before they moved Lee Bodden was good, and I'll die on that hill. Yeah, like in 09, he was fine. Yeah, was Not in 2011. I think he came in. Did he came in? He Didn't they go 0-16 in 2008 and then came in? I believe after yeah. that, right? I believe Lee Bodden came in at 10. Either way. Yeah, yeah he wasn't good. So, not for yeah. the Patriots at least. Anyways, I love Lita <laughs> O'Neal, never forget. He played like two games and then retired. He was gonna be like this guy. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, he was a first round pick, right?" And everyone's like, "Yeah, this guy's oh, yeah. gonna be great." And, and he, was, he was he the, was so bad. He was the pick after Carson Palmer, I believe, like 06, maybe. Man, they've had so many D backs come through that were just so bad, and you're just like, "Oh my god, dude!" It's I gotta just... look up Delph O'Neal. It's ugly. Oh, Team <laughs> Crazy Matt says bottom was on the Pats in 09. Okay. Uh, 16 games in 2008, Delta O'Neal. He played all of them and then retired. God, dude. Brutal. Tremendous. Brutal. Three so. interceptions. He wasn't bad. Let's see how many. All right. This is going to be a rabbit hole. I'll do this. Yeah, no, no. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we've got people. Oh, Sean Springs. Oh, my God. Sean Springs. He was so terrible. Yeah, I mean, they've had a million guys like that where they just bring someone in. They're like, ah, yeah, yeah, you know. And nope, nope. Terrible. So. Anyways, all right, we're rambling now, so uh, so we're gonna let you guys go. Thank you for coming uh, and chatting with us. Game starting about ten minutes, so so enjoy the games this weekend. Hopefully, um, we're both wrong and my heart is right, but we'll see what happens. So thanks for following along, and uh, I don't know, maybe we'll have another emergency podcast at some point in the next few weeks, or maybe not, and we'll just be back talking draft with you in a few weeks. All right, guys, see you.